Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Pod. It's been a minute, but we're back. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. We're finally back, baby. We're back. The NBA is coming back tomorrow. We figured there's no better time to get back into the pod grind. So right back Wednesday- on the saddle. Exactly. Wednesday is a new pod day. Today will be the first one. And we'll just keep it rolling. We got a lot to talk about. We got, of course, the Knicks new coach to discuss. And then we'll get right into restart. That is happening tomorrow with the NBA coming back. And yeah, it'll be fun. Phil, you good to go? I'm, I'm always ready to rip. All right, we got to start with the biggest news involving the New York Knickerbockers. We got a new head coach. How long will he last? We will see. We've, we've gone through the ringer in terms of NBA coaches over the last few years. But Tom Thibodeau, the New York Knicks, new head basketball coach. So, I mean, Phil, before we go into bashing this, like we probably could. Let's talk about some of the positives of this hiring and what a best-case scenario situation looks like with Tibbs. Of course. Because, I mean, when you ask how long do you think he's going to last, obviously we see it's a five-year contract, and a lot of what we've been seeing, like social media and kind of reports, is the whole reason he got that deal, even though the Knicks organization as a whole wanted him on more of a short-term three-year deal, he signed eventually signed to a five-year deal, so he's more on – par with um, Leon Rose because that's how long his contract is so it's kind of nice to have that continuity because you know like these are the guys you're going to be running with for the whole thing mm-hmm. like you're not going to have some maybe Tibbs out produces his contract if he's on a three-year deal and then they want to sign him back but somewhere else wants to take him this time like Leon Rose is getting his guy for the whole thing this is Leon Rose's next five years and we're going to see whatever he does with it is what he does with it yeah I, at first when I saw the five years it, it, it rubbed me the wrong way just because you're making such a big commitment. Right. At the same time, maybe this allows Thibodeau to – I'm not saying he's going to change his coaching style and not do that win-now kind of formula that we've seen from him over the last – That's quite a minute. danger. Yeah, but maybe he, he becomes more open to playing younger players because he has that security. Maybe there is a, a very transparent line of communication between him and the front office – where he got that big deal, so he knows he's safe. He doesn't right. have to. He doesn't have to go look over his shoulder out. like Frank Vogel did all year. Yeah, you know we we've seen the Knicks coaches over the last however many years. They act. They get axed quick, and they for, for good reason. Yeah, oh, for, for good. I, reason, I would. I would sure. say so. For good. For sure. I don't think <laughs> Derek Fisher. A good reason. Yeah, Hornacek, Fisdale. We hated them all. But... Are you sure about that? What about Rambus? Is he still? He's still on the squad, right? I think. I think so. They like. They found. They found like some weird like. He accidentally liked some like weird fetish porn, and then. While he was interim coach, because he liked it on Twitter, he didn't know how it worked, so people could see it, and they were like, "What the fuck?" And then they, they got rid of him. Yeah, that's that's valid. I mean, that's how it goes. But I, I could see a new Knicks coach, regardless of who it is, Thibodeau, whoever, coming in, seeing the track record of past Knicks coaches, and having some sense of urgency because of the way they've been handled in right. terms of the, those quick firings. But with the five-year deal, maybe he feels more secure. So that could be a pro to that. How about Tibbs just as a basketball coach? What do you think positively he could bring? Best case scenario, Tibbs, what happens on the, on I the mean, court? You can't complain coming from like an absolute basketball perspective because he's the most polished and the most – productive although in a different era you could say like the 2010 to 2015 era but his ice defense was like unstoppable essentially and it got like 
I think at one point, you know, it was they had three All Stars all at once, but they were like the top team in the East. I think it was 2012, but that was when Derrick Rose got his MVP. He was he ran like a solid unit, like everybody top down. They were deep. They had All Stars. They had an MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Joakim Noah. And I mean, it's almost it's it's hard to imagine like he can repeat that kind of success, but to a lower lesser degree, he can have those kind of facilitative pieces in place. Like you have Mitchell Robinson, which is he would be the Joakim Noah type, but obviously there's differences in how Mitchell Robinson plays to Joakim Noah. But if you could argue, it might be able Mitchell Robinson might be able to shine even brighter now because he's a more of a vertical threat on the defense than Joakim Noah was. Joakim Noah was a better, you know, cover ground and moving around, and he was also a better passer on the offense. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how he works that through. And yeah, what do you think? Yeah, in terms of immediate basketball impact best case scenario is he changes the culture because i think when you think of tibbs obviously you think of the defense and how established he made that chicago bulls team from the defensive end and then perception kind of changed once the timberwolves thing came around because that thing was a complete mess but some his fault some not his fault yeah you're not going to say it's his fault but at the same time people thought that he was going to bring stability to that club and it didn't happen but when it comes to Thibodeau the one word that always comes up is culture he's going to bring a certain brand of not only the style on the court but just the way things are run and he's bringing the dog yeah he's gonna he's gonna bring high intensity it's blue collar work ethic it's put up or shut up accountability at the highest level so we'll see how the players react there are some yeah that's that's a good point yeah there are some players that are, I think are kind of tailor-made for that, regardless of their skill level. Look at a guy like R.J. Barrett. Regardless of the ups and downs of the rookie season, I don't think anybody is questioning his work ethic, his attitude, his demeanor. Exactly. He's a hard-nosed player who is a competitor. I mean... You look on the other hand, like a guy like Knox. Yeah, exactly. It's a different story completely. You yeah. don't... I mean, he could ta- he could be very well suited for this. We just haven't seen him in that environment. And, I mean, you don't know what will come out of it. It could be big boomer bust. For sure. Either he crushes him into smithereens and leaves his wilting body on the, on the floor of Madison Square Garden, or maybe this is the kind of tough love that Kevin Knox needs. Maybe Beautiful this... imagery, might I add. Yes. Narrative. Poetic. I, I saw today, I was looking, just because this is what I do with my free time, I was looking at the 2018 NBA draft. Every single player taken, Kevin Knox has, is the only player with, a negative win share with at least one. He has the lowest win share count out of every single player from that draft. Second round included. Every. every wow. Player. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to add in like a tidbit where it's in the lottery. You know every, how they do that in like bleach report yeah. where they're like, this person did this, this and this when they were this, every single when player they were 18. taken in the 2018 NBA draft, he has the lowest win shares. I mean, he had a abysmal season last year, but I mean, Darius Garland's doing the same thing right now. Oh yeah. Some guys, sure. it really just takes a learning curve. Oh, no, yeah, I'm just saying, like, not in dire straits. And whatever we've been doing with him hasn't been working. So we'll see. Maybe maybe Tibbs is the kind of guy that he needs in his basketball life to steer him in the right direction. We'll see. We hope so. We'll see. Maybe Dennis Smith, another guy. Maybe he needs a Tom Thibodeau to kind of get him in the right right direction and give him the ability. We'll see. I watched a video where they were, like, where they were bringing – comparing all the like Bulls players of that Tibbs era to like who, what were like what Knicks players kind of fit those pieces now. 
And I mean, the Mitchell Robinson, Joakim Noah thing was okay. But then they started kind of, the guy was feeling himself. wanted on riff, and he's like, yeah, Dennis Smith, he's going to unlock himself. He's going to be playing like Derrick Rose, light. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. I think a, you're, you're reaching lot. on that one guy. That's a lot. Maybe we can get some kind of Jeff Teague. Wasn't Jeff Teague the Timberwolves point guard? Maybe he could Jeff get some Teague Jeff was, Teague was, Jeff Teague was, apparently, speaking of, a good thing about the, another positive is the whole Tibbs-Leon-Rose dynamic because they're close. They've worked together, obviously, Leon Rose was his agent for a while. Yeah. And so apparently Tibbs does have some solid draft acumen. There was a rumor that I forget when it was, but the, he wanted the Bulls to take Draymond Green when they had their second round pick early, but instead they took Jeff Teague or it, it might have been their late first round pick. Either way, he, yeah. he does. He's he might be a little more of a surprise. We might get some yeah. good, solid pieces out of this. You never know. Yeah. To, uh, to be fair, Draymond Green and Tibbs, it's like Tibbs is the coach version of Draymond Green, essentially. Exactly. They would have loved it together. So that doesn't surprise me. So, yeah, there is a world where I think Tibbs does change the culture, gets, gets the most out of guys. On the flip side, there's a world where this is just water and oil. What, what, yeah. is that, what does that look like? It's just Tibbs is antiquated, really, and Atkinson was probably the best choice. I thought Atkinson was going to get it or he should have gotten it because of his track record for definite development in most lines of modern NBA and his modern schemes for offense and defense, it just made more sense with kind of how we were molding. Obviously our players right now are kind of rigid and they're still developing. So I don't know why you'd want to develop them into a more ancient kind of way of playing instead of going with Atkinson and having him, having them develop like three point shot, being everyone being able to handle the ball and facilitate. But I mean, is what it is now yeah in terms of worst case scenario i talk about how he gets that five-year security right the worst case scenario is he says screw your security i'm playing win now regardless and we just see what we've seen with tibbs at times which is he runs his stars into the ground doesn't care about development and whether whether his best players get him 36 wins whether his best players are gonna get him 29 wins he doesn't care he's playing the best players regardless and we might see you know trades over the offseason because they have an abundance of cash now and assets that they could just throw at the wall yeah it'll be interesting. if Tib wants to win now who knows it'll start in the draft it'll start in the draft you know yeah. regardless of i don't think his job description has anything to do with the front office right now but he's tom thibodeau he's an established nba figure he's gonna have a say in the draft so speaking of draft could i ask you a quick we can do a little gauge Okay. Where do you feel on the Knicks on where they should take? Who they should take when they're taking, assuming they stay roughly in the same spot? They have to go best player available. Good. That's good. Just... Good answer. It's the only answer. <laughs> yeah. There, there's there's really nobody on this team that is is in, is inhibiting you from doing something. You know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not gonna say there's nobody on this team that doesn't have a future. That that. But nobody's far and away outplaying. Yeah. Like, R.J. Barrett, clearly part of the long-term plans. Mitchell Robinson, clearly part of the long-term plans. But with that being said... They're not undebatably starters. Yeah, there's no player where it's like, oh, he's got that spot on the floor, so we, we can't take that position because it's going to get redundant. There's nobody like that. Even with R.J., you know, he's, he's a wing. That's what he is. So you can get another shooting guard and try to mold R.J. into a three. You know, you can... Whatever you know, it's it, it, there's no yeah. position that is really 
locked down. I guess maybe Mitch has that rim runner spot. So a guy like James Wiseman, that might be a little sketchy. I don't know if that ever looks right next to each other. But I don't know. I mean, Wiseman could be an interesting pick just because at some point down the road, he could either mesh alongside with Mitchell if he develops his jumper or he could just outplay him straight up. And you might be like, dang, why did we really think Mitchell Robinson was the answer? I'm not saying he isn't, but at some point, there's a very possibility Wiseman can outplay him. Because, again, what you're saying is nobody's really, like, far and away the guy yet. Yeah. So you might yeah. as well just go with whoever. It also, yeah, it also depends on where they're drafting, obviously. I think if they if they get the ninth pick and Wiseman's slipping like crazy, then sure, go for it. But I think if you get the fifth or the sixth pick and you still got other guys that are around Wiseman's level in terms of where you view him value-wise, I would rather go for somebody else who – makes more sense within the team structure, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. Undebatably. So, that, that's where we're at with the Knicks right now. You know, it's always nice to get some Knicks talk, even though they're never fully... Pointless. Dead. They're always pointless. Yeah, they're they're always there, but they're not, and that's just the Knicks. So, let's talk about the basketball that's actually going to mean something in the next few weeks, few months. Right. Forget about the Delete 8 for a minute. Yeah. One specific that's, that's, team that's, that's in the nice. delete. Did you make that up? No, of course not. I'm not creative. That was good. I, I saw it. You could I saw have just it told like, me you made it up. Yeah, but then all of our four viewers would claim I'm their messiah. Right. Then what? I like that. I, like I saw that. it on I saw it on Bleacher Pro. I had no idea what it meant. I was like, what is this like a movie? And I had to like keep looking. They kept talking about delete eight, delete eight, delete eight. And I guess at some point they were like, This is what we're calling all the loser teams. Yeah, I like that. Well, all right, cool. Yeah, no, no deleter right now. Let's talk about the real team. So we got the games tomorrow. Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Pelicans. Any a- AD may be playing? I, I hear he's playing. I hear he is playing to play. Okay. The news came out today. He's planning to play. But the Clippers, I think, are going to be going to be without Lou Will and Montrez. So that's definitely something. Yeah, what's going on with Montrez? I know Lou Will had his flair for the dramatic and needed some wings. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he needs some wings. Montrez, yeah, it's, it's a little foggy what's going on there. He left the bubble for Family Matter also. Oh, okay. And I don't think there's a set return date right now, honestly. So that's definitely a situation to monitor. But you know, I remember when the bubble was first coming out, I was texting you because I heard that Montrez and Lou Will thought about like not even going because they yeah. wanted to stick with all that. They didn't want to take away the attention from all the movements they were making in the world that was going on in the world. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if they would sh- show up or not. I mean, yeah, wouldn't blame them. Coincidentally but... had things to handle, but yeah, the Montrez thing is a little uncertain right now, but regardless, the Clippers will be playing tomorrow. It looks like Kawhi and PG will both be there. So that's that. And then you got jazz Pelicans. I think everybody's good to go in that game in terms of guys for both squads. Obviously Bogdanovich is out for the remainder of the season. Death but... sentence. In those two games, anything you're looking for in particular? Um, I have an impish or admirable question for you. I'm all ears. Did, have you seen Kawhi's stats in the preseason? Three games? He played a decent amount of minutes, nothing crazy, but he averaged, I think it was eight points or 12 points, and it was like 24% from the field. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, I don't know. Am I going to... Do I care much? Not really. Should I care? I don't Maybe, know. People but... people are blowing this up for the clout. I, we might as well, too. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 just, I just don't put that much stock into these games right now. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. 
And listen, it's it's a really interesting situation because they're going to have time to work into the playoffs. Like, this isn't what other – I know the NHL is going right into the playoffs. NBA, they structured it so this is almost like a new season. It's not going to be the length of a regular season, but we're going from tomorrow is going to be the end of July. I mean, this is going to go until October. So, right, there's a heavy ramp on period. Yeah, yeah, people are going to work into themselves. I'm, I'm not even, especially the Clippers who, they have championship aspirations. They're going to be playing in the Western Conference Finals almost definitely. I don't want to get too crazy, but you would think so. So, they have time. They're going to work into it. And yeah, I don't put too much stock into that, but we'll see. Yeah, I didn't really either. It was just seeing, you know. Yeah. Some I'm people are really. Yeah. I'm more Some people be bugging about Falcons it, but game probably just from. A I think it'll be a closer game because the Jazz are definitely, I'd say, at the Pelicans tier now that they don't have their you know tertiary banana. Yeah, if Bogdanovich was playing, I really would make the Jazz that third team that could challenge the Lakers and the Clippers. I'm not saying yeah. I would pick them, but I really think that they would be a team that would give either of those teams trouble because they just have a deep roster and they have a lot of yeah. with Bogdanovich but without him it really throws a wrench in it and I don't see them making much noise Pelicans obviously have a lot to play for if they want to get that eight seed right so, yeah those they teams, got a lot of ground to make up but they do have the easiest schedule by far which could be an ESPN or could be an NBA uh conspiracy that they really want LeBron and Zion to play in hey, the... they, it, it's fair the Pelicans had the easiest schedule regardless you know that's that, fair. Right? That's true. Yes. No. Yes. We we had this conversation before. Yes. We we, we had this direct conversation. Um. Yeah. yeah. Which teams are you most interested in watching in the seeding games? I'd probably go with teams that are trying to be more experimental. Obviously, no one's watching the experiment that is Jamal Crawford on the Nets. I'd probably talk more about Ben Simmons as a power forward. You know, he's yeah. always he's naturally a power forward, but you know, he's actually going to be in the hole of power forward. He's not going to be just in the dunker spot. At least we hope. Yeah. We'll see what that actually comes out. We'll see what they start with and we'll see what they end with. Cause I think it's going to be very different, either very different or go way, very different in a bad way. It'll be very interesting to see what the brilliant mind of Brett Brown has for us. Yeah. I think Philly in the East Houston, in the West are definitely the two teams that Houston. Yeah. Especially with Gordon gone now. Yeah, we, we didn't. Yeah. Gordon just came out today out for two weeks. That's definitely yeah. not worthy. Although they're Bad. just gonna, you know, more more time for my boy, which is always <laughs> you do love your man, Austin Rivers. He'll so are you going with the Rockets? You got anybody else in the East besides Sixers? Toronto's interesting. Toronto's interesting. I think Indiana without Sabonis, it looks like he's probably out for the remainder. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see actually what happens with that. He's probably going to require surgery. It sounds like I don't know, but he's out. I think Indiana, they're kind of out of it now. So yeah, agreed. They I really could have like, done. They could have disrupted the first round, I think, but that's probably it. Even yeah, with now, with Sabonis. Now I think all five of those teams up top on the East are have something to offer in terms of different elements of their game that are dangerous. You know, Miami yeah. kind of under the radar all year, and True. I, I was listening to something this past week where they're breaking down teams. I think it was the Zach Lowe podcast, and they were talking about teams that may or may not live up to their potential in terms of how good they were during the regular season and apparently Miami 
based on advanced metrics, which shows the probability of your shots going in compared to how good of a shooter is and the quality of the shot. Okay. And then also the shots you're defending, how good the shooter is and the quality of the shot. Mm-hmm. Miami was by far the luckiest team in the NBA. <laughs> luckiest? Yeah, like variance was on their side. Now that's in interesting. Sense, in the sense that guys were missing shots against them that they usually make, and guys on their team were making shots that they usually wouldn't. Luck be their lady. Yeah, you know, maybe there's a method to the madness. I don't know, but I don't know. That was interesting to hear. Because Miami, they don't have the top-to-bottom talent that some of these other squads do. That's true. And you can't always rely. The thing about Miami is you can rely on a lot of different guys being productive, but you never really have that one guy who can always put on a show. Yeah. You know, Jimmy, and the whole thing is Jimmy, you would same think, thing. but the jumper yeah. just went down a toilet this year, which will, I, I almost, I'm also very interested to see how that goes. I mean, the dude couldn't shoot a three to save his life, but he was still super productive. Just. Yeah. No, he was he effective. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing with, like, the luck por- portion of it, I mean, you can ride that until it dies. And we've seen teams that that happens to, like, the Rockets, what was it, two or three years ago, where they just missed 27 threes. Yeah. I mean, that's statistically so unlikely, but it just happens and the well runs out and then you're kind of just sitting there. Yeah, for sure. So the East, it's going to be who's going to challenge the Bucks. I think me and you both agree that Philly – is most equipped to do that. But... We'll see if we'll see if that's their still strong point. Yeah. If they're the honest stoppers of the of the yeah. new age. And we'll, and we'll see how Toronto is. Obviously they had an outstanding regular season. They they don't have the talent of Milwaukee or Philly just up top in terms of their stars, but yeah. you know, you can't discredit them based on being the defending champions, which they are, just on having Kawhi Leonard and putting together a great regular season. Shifting to the West for a second, I know we talked about Houston and the L.A. teams are the L.A. teams. There's not much to say about them at this point. Who do you think is the team most likely to challenge the L.A. teams? Is it Houston or do you have somebody else? Challenge L.A. teams? That's a good question. I mean, it's kind of hard because realistically, the L.A. teams are pretty much in a tier to themselves. Utah was the closest thing, as you were saying before. Utah was the closest thing we were going to get to a um, just any competition, really. And so now that they're they're kind of out of the race with Bojan, Bogdan out, I really think it is just the Lakers and the Clippers at the top. I mean, if you wanted to go closest, I'd probably put the Rockets, just because they their style is definitely more conducive to scoring and if they just they play no defense and they're just living and if that works it works but I think it's either them or the Nuggets and I think the Nuggets are too young for that yeah I would agree with it being Houston just because Houston has a method is it going to work I don't know but they're pretty much just saying if you want to muck the game up on your offense possessions go ahead muck it up down low and see how far that takes you. We're going to play our style on offense. We're going to chuck threes. We're going to clear it out five out of every possession. And we're just going to, we're just going to outshoot you or you can try to outshoot us and see how that goes. So they have a method. Obviously they have elements of their game that can be exploited. 
they are playing nobody taller than six seven essentially. And we saw a taste of this kind of lineup towards the end of the year. It, it didn't work that well. They beat the Lakers, but they also lost some pretty bad bad games. game. They had a bad stretch. They had a good stretch in the beginning, and then a pretty terrible stretch where it was like Magic Knicks, and then like one other bottom tier team. Yeah, and you were just like, yeah. well, "What's going on?" Yeah, exactly. So Houston. Just because of the X factor that is James Harden, I mean, he can be the best player on the floor on any given night and just do things that, you know, you can't stop. But yeah, at the same time, they can lose to anybody. Would I be shocked if they get a first-round matchup against Denver or Oklahoma City and lose in six or seven? I wouldn't be shocked. No, but... Yeah, they have, they have the most variability, I would say. For sure. And then you have Dallas, who had... I was going to ask about Dallas, yeah. Yeah. Dallas had the, the best offensive rating in NBA history, which is crazy to say, but it's true. They, that's points per 100 possessions. Asterisks. Asterisks? Asterisk? Why? Because it's a shortened season? Shortened season. Yeah, whatever. The, the, the fact that they're even that high is crazy to me. No, yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, that, that's, that's past the, the... No more asterisks culture. No more asterisks. That's ahead of the Warriors team. That's ahead of the Rockets teams the past few years, you know... Every team, they're they're number one of all time. So that's just a crazy number to digest. They're a team that you probably don't want to play just because... I agree. They could just, if they're hot, Seth Curry's on a roll. For some reason, Tim Hardaway's knocking down shots. That's sadly a very very bad team you want to meet. Yeah, they had a lot of players who overachieved this past year, which, you know, maybe that's just who they are. So I'm I'm not going to say they can't do that again. Right. I think going into the season, why you and I were both not as high on Dallas is because we viewed them as a top-heavy team with not a whole lot on the back end to support. But those back end players have been great this year. So yeah, I think they could make a more decent run if they really had Dwight Powell this year. But yeah, big they just lost him an injury, and that's just unlucky. Big loss for sure. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe if they can lead into Porzingis a little more. Porzingis rested those rested those long those long legs <laughs> long spindly legs. Yeah, maybe he can. Get the get the October Porzingis that we've seen dominate. Porzingtoberfest, maybe, maybe we'll see. But can only um, hope for it. Yeah, Dallas is definitely a team that you don't want to play in the first round, and they're gonna want to move up out of the seven because you don't want to play the LA teams in the first round. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. So they're gonna have a lot to play for in those seeding games as well. Yeah, speaking of not playing L.A. teams, what is your uh, decision on the eighth seed? Who do you think is going to slide in there, or do you think the Grizzlies are going to keep their hold firm? Scheduling would tell you the Pelicans, just because – but they'd also, again, have to do that playing series thing where they'd have – Yeah, because realistically, one way or another, they're going to have to do that, whether they yeah. get the eighth seed or they just come in as the ninth. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going to be so close. But the ninth has to win two, or the eighth only has to win one. So that, right. that's definitely a big advantage. I, and what's the what's the? I, I guess it's not really doesn't really matter. But in my eyes, like what's the home court situation on those games? Like is the first one the eighth seed, and the second one is the presumptive eighth seed. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it matters at all. It doesn't. I was just curious, <laughs> like if they do this again, like what would it? If they did it normal oh. situation, what do you think it would be? Oh, it would probably be eighth seed gets game one, home, ninth seed yeah. game two, and then yeah. That's but, what I assumed. But home court doesn't matter. Oh, I'm speaking of, at... I completely forgot. I was going to ask you during your Miami uh, tangent about their luck. 
What do you think about the hot hand fallacy? The hot hand fallacy? I've I've been reading about it on the 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 annals of Reddit. Yeah, I know that's that's a thing that <laughs> that's made its way over the last few years. I, I don't. I think there's some things in sports, especially basketball, that can't be quantified. So I don't buy that. Do I think it's right, over, do I think it's overblown? Probably, but I it might be overblown. But I think they're onto something for the people that don't know. Essentially, it's that the screens are going to be. I don't know if you watch any games, but the screens are just flat basic colors there's nothing going on so when they when player shooters are shooting they only see that so it's a flat background so it's not that difficult and their eyes aren't distracted by moving fans and whatever so they say it would make them shoot better yeah that's essentially the whole thing and we'll nate see. doesn't buy it i think it makes sense <laughs> it could I don't when know. i'm, we'll when I'm pulling from when i'm chucking from three I, I like a nice calm background not helping quite leonard apparently so that's giving it takes Maybe Kawhi's just turning out to be a bust. Who knows? I'm looking at Portland's schedule just to get back to that eight thing. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely not easy. They only have two quote-unquote easy games, and that would be the Grizzlies and the Nets. Besides that, they're playing good teams. Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, Sixers, Mavs. So I I think the Blazers are the best team out of all the guys, all the squads. Oh, yeah, agreed. For that spot, especially with Collins and Nurkic back. But that's a tough schedule. You know, that's a tough schedule. Yeah, and you got to hope they're up to par because they've been gone for so long. Both of them almost a full year. I think Zach Collins played a few games in the beginning of the year. But anyway, I mean, like, they're going to be unconditioned for this whole onslaught because it's going to be so quick. And a bunch of those teams have a good amount to play for. Celtics are trying to get into that two seed. Rockets, as we said, they want to avoid the seven. The Mavericks definitely want to avoid the seven. Sixers have room to move up in the standings so it's going to be tough games it's going to be tough they need shake milton to go off yeah you know i like my shake i was going to ask thoughts on shake milton i love it i love it all right so that those are initial thoughts of the restart going into it last question before that you go phil it was recently announced that the nba awards are official in the sense that the seating oh, yes. aren't going to take into be taken into account for the awards, which makes complete sense. It would be an unfair advantage. Yeah, Re- you know Westbrook will be hunting triple doubles in these next eight games. He always is. But well, he would maybe get in the MVP conversation if he got eight straight triple doubles. Just boost them stats. What are your picks for the awards? Run me down. So MVP, most improved, six-man coach, rookie. I can't remember what exactly I put, but I don't think it deviated that much. Maybe, well, maybe the rookie would because I didn't expect Zion to miss as much time. Or I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, John Morant, rookie of the year, Giannis MVP, defensive player of the year. It's a toss up between Giannis and Gobert, but I'm going to throw it Gobert's way. Um, what, what am I missing? Most improved, Bam, coach of the year, Nick Nurse. Six man? Six man. Of course. Uh, I'll, th- I'll throw Dennis Schroeder's way. The Germans need something. Interesting. Th- so things I disagree on slightly, not that you say anything egregious. Most improved, I'm going sleepy. When do I ever? Most improved, Sleepy Dog Ingram. Ugh. You have too much affinity for Sleepy Dog. Six man, I'm going to go Mantra's Harrell. That's a good one. I can't deny that. And what else? And defensive, I'm, I'm, I'm going Giannis. Just because, right. just because the Bucks defense was so 
ridiculous this year. That's I think Agreed. that was the top five defense of all time. And Giannis was the anchor of it. So, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, I can't complain with any of those picks that you made. No, there's always a 1A, 1B, and really those are kind of in the same mold. Giannis is the MVP, though. I'm sorry. Look, I, I, I love LeBron, and he had an awesome I was game. I was explaining this to you before. I realized everyone keeps talking about that Taylor Swift album. Basically, the only people I ask people why they like it, and the only reason they like it is because she did this for the purpose of not having any hits on the radio. I'm like, okay. But like the reasoning behind the album can't be why you like the album. What are the songs? And they're like, the songs are okay, but the reason behind it is better. I'm like, okay, this sounds like LeBron's MVP. This is all narrative. It's all it is. Yeah, so I'm equating think... LeBron's MVP run to this whatever Some Taylor Swift don't album. Understand what MVP is? They're like, LeBron. You, we've never seen somebody do this in their 17th season. Like, not how MVP works. Uh, maybe you're new to this, but not how yeah. MVP works. You don't get graded based on. How good you are relative to how old you are. That's how how much gray is in your beard? Yeah. Speaking LeBron, of, do you think LeBron put fake gray in his beard? I kind of think so. You, you think so? I think he wants the sympathy votes. It's, it's very sporadic. It looks natural. I like the look. I want I want him to go bald with the beard. That would be. Bad. I think it's a I think it's a good look as well. I'm just saying the gray looks a little purposeful. Maybe like Still, a little. What's that called? Shade of gray. That you see in the commercial? Yeah, yeah, Shades of Grey, something like that. I don't yeah. actually, no, I don't think that's it. I think there's a different thing for that. Is that Hint of Grey? I don't know. There's something. <laughs> something. There was a revolution. Touch of Grey, Touch of Grey. Touch of Grey, yes, Touch of Grey. Yeah, Touch of Grey in his beard. I don't know. It'll be it'll be crazy to see the boys hoop again tomorrow, though. It'll be very nice. Any parting shots? Um, Just for the people at home, what have you been up to in the queue? Yeah. Two quick rundowns. What have I been up to in the queue? I've been reading. I've been doing some reading. I got a bunch of basketball books I've been reading. Uh, right, currently I'm reading a, the John Calipari book. So, oh. yeah, if you want some, if you want some reading, you know. Yeah, I do need to take you. I do need to borrow your book of basketball. I want to read that. Oh yeah, I got a, I got a stack of basketball books. And we got to find Boomtown somewhere. I saw Boomtown. I have too many books on my reading list right now, so I haven't picked that one up. But fair enough. I will. I will eventually. The podcast on Boomtown is great on the Zach Lowe Pod. If you want to get a rundown of it, probably my favorite yeah. episode. How about you? Um, well, I thought you were going to give a little shout out to the YouTube, but whatever. Oh, uh, the YouTube. Yeah, we've been we've been hitting the YouTube. You know, check out. The it's YouTube. all it's all hindsight. It's something slight, you know. If you're on the Twitter, check out the YouTube. You know, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah, just been hanging out. Working on the jumper as always. It's all you can do in the queue. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. So that will be the, the comeback episode. It's like the restart. It's, 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 it's poetic. The NBA it's slow. Restart. It's going to be, yeah, it's a little slow. You know, they're getting the legs under. Exactly. We'll be back next Monday with another episode, though. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Thank you. As always, if you enjoyed... Check us out on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. And we'll catch you guys next week. Follow us on Twitter. Peace. Peace.